Hello and welcome to my podcast. So um, this is technically the second episode uh, of a modern dystopia, as I've uh, renamed it now because I don't want to say a boring dystopia anymore. Even though the name is still um, accurate in my mind, it's, it has a negative connotation to it. Uh, boring, you know, uh, implying that it's uninteresting or in other ways irrelevant. Um, and that's not what I want to say with that. Uh, so I think a modern dystopia is a more fitting title. That's why we'll change it in the uh, the title. So um, today I think I want to talk about pseudoscience, um, and I will talk about anti-vaccination in particular, simply because it's a pretty familiar topic at this point to everyone. And I will talk about flat Earths as a very brief example, because I don't want to go too much into depth there. Um, and that's why I didn't put it in the title as well, because it's an easy target for everyone. It is absolutely well covered in, in media, and you don't need to hear my opinion on that. So, yeah, I will talk about anti-vaccination. Um, and that is obviously also a topic widely covered in media, um, in discussion. And I believe it's also quite clear what position to uh, regarding this issue should be. And that is that, well, it's an interesting, at least, phenomenon for me. It's obviously a harmful one as well, and it's, it's dangerous. And I, when I see posts on, for example, uh, social media like Reddit, uh, which mostly ridicules such sentiments, um, but if I see something like that, I generally do feel bad um, for the people involved in it, not just for the, the people who actively deny the effects of the, the positive effects of vaccination and solely focus on the negative sides that side effects that it could have and does have in some occasions but i also do feel like that's a certain uh, social group that is being targeted by such i don't want to call it propaganda i don't want to call it a meme because um, <laughs> meme has a very certain sound to it in our society no but meme as in a a self-perpetuating piece of information that spreads itself through social media. And in fact, I wrote an entire TOK essay on the topic that uh, uh, how our social environment and uh, can affect our own knowledge, our personal knowledge. Um, no, personal knowledge is a known term. That's a different one. See, the, the paper wasn't bad, you know, but I don't want to... I don't want to quote it in any way or something like that. So I just want to briefly talk a bit about what exactly is an echo chamber, an echo chamber effect, because that is a thing I mentioned in this, this essay. It's a thing that you will hear sometimes, and that is a very important factor in what... Well, this is essentially also the, the core element of what I concluded, that, yeah, you have a bunch of people with the same opinions, socially, not isolated, but very much... Um, building an own in isolated group that uh, the, the distances it's itself from opinions of other people and uh, well facts in fact of other people um, and solely perpetuates its own lies and inaccuracies thereby are very common in such circumstances and uh, one very good example for that is the uh, MMR study uh, the measles mumps and rubella vaccine study uh, by, I think, I think his name was Andrew Wakefield or something like that. I, I think I mentioned that. Um, so this, this supposedly had a, found a uh, connection between 
this certain type of vaccine and autism and yes you will hear that a lot when you go dig a bit deeper in those facebook groups or different social media as well groups of, of, of very self-persuaded people who are sure about this this absolutely being the truth and the, uh, the overwhelming scientific evidence that it's not in fact and it has been really genuinely disproven and completely disregarded by the scientific community as inaccurate as wrong but you will hear that a lot still being talked about not the study itself because that would be evidence-based and a thing you could easily disprove by saying no there has been more accurate research that replaces it and this is the scientific method which i will mention later uh, when talking about flat earthers but yeah so so when you have good evidence against it but you can only access the evidence for people who are outside of the community and you build an isolated community like the anti-vaccination community i don't know if it's one certain community or it's more of a, a lot of subgroups with various motives that all have their own reasons to disbelieve science medicine and advancements of western civilization i suppose and yeah it is in itself harm harmless you could I'm a big believer that you should believe in whatever you want, as long as it doesn't harm anyone, but you could argue that it it is harmful, because it's most uh, often is moms who um, don't allow their children to get vaccinated, which is a huge problem, not only for the children, not only for the family, which is probably not vaccinated as well, but also for the social surroundings. So, um, because one, you have maybe heard of the herd effect, the, the shepherd effect, uh, it has a different name in German, at least. But um, it's a principle that if, I think, 95% of the population are vaccinated, the um, the 5% that remain are essentially protected as well because the virus cannot spread between in unvaccinated individuals because it is essentially being isolated by uh, the vaccinated members of society. Um, and that effect really loses power the more people are not getting vaccinated, which is a very sad and dangerous trend we are observing lately, because the World Health Organization, I believe, as well, has classified this as one of the threads to global health. It's li it's literally. Some, it, I don't want to blame it entirely on one study, but definitely uh, one piece of scientific an error, in fact, which has so severely influenced the way some members of the of our society absolutely doubt science and disregard evidence towards the opinions and subjectively biased opinions of other members of their own members of society, which all have own goals, ambitions, and and maybe prejudices that severely limit the way they can they can objectively look at data and that all accumulates to a certain severe problem in that we just disregard such 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 the truth in a way to make the truth or our perception of the truth and the world as close to our biases as is humanly possible that is terrible because that is a harmful thought it's a harmful principle to have a scientific the based study be distorted in a way that it just represents the opinion of a biased group of a biased people and that doesn't necessarily limit itself to the anti-vaccination community it is a good example 
again, I didn't. I don't want to talk about the anti-vaccination community itself um, as much as the the sentiment of pseudo science um, and the fact that you could just <laughs> I don't want to say bastardize, but really misuse actual data, which is based on the scientific method, which is easily replaceable by a better theory or being able to be disproven by, uh, well, corrupting evidence or, well, not corrupting evidence, but contradictory evidence. Um, so this is, okay, so this is uh, one of the principles of a scientific method, um, which is, uh, actually, the key principle is that if you have a theory, it's valid, right? Uh, there's a whole process how to, go, how to get from a hypothesis to a theory, to a valid theory. Uh, that is technically the scientific method. But a core element of the scientific method is that when you have a theory, it is regarded as the truth, right? That's why we call it the evolution theory. It's true as long as someone finds something better. Uh, now, I don't think the evolution will be disproven at some point in our timeline. I think it's just going to be more and more refined. But... Um, in regard, for example, to the uh, aforementioned study by uh, Andrew Wakefield, this was a theory. It was valid for a time. It was valid up until the point where someone said it's absolute bonkers. It's not true. That's uh, because I have evidence that contradicts you, and I have a better explanation. Explanation being it's just not the case. The uh, increased amount of autism was, or even maybe it wasn't even true. He criticizes the amount of uh, the, the, the scientific procedure that was uh, undertaken, the testing methods and all of that. I don't know, I'm not an expert in that. Um, again, it was an example. But, uh, yeah. The, so the scientific method would be either you find a better theory to replace it, which then becomes truth, or you find some piece of evidence that says that the if existing theory is wrong, so you don't have to introduce a new, you just have to very clearly state that the previously... Uh, see widely regarded as the truth. What what, what the theory what that was regarded as the truth is just not the truth. That is uh, is wrong. It has a flaw that cannot explain why this ex phenomenon is happening. That cannot explain this data. So you either have to change the theory now, or you just have to disregard it. Most people, uh, for example, in the case of string theory, we're just kind of going on this little uh, little sidetrack here. But the string theory, for example, a very promising theory, trying to uh, connect, uh, I think it was gravity with uh, the theory of relativity in a m way more complex, t uh, in a way more complex way than I could understand myself uh, at this point. But I certainly found it was uh, found it was quite interesting. An attempt, it it failed mathematically. Well, failed. It wasn't able to work out as it was probably envisioned. And so people have been changing the theory and adapting it to new and new data, which has led to some off splinters, as much as I understand at this point, to some off splinters and some <laughs> some people who are being accused of just changing the theory constantly to adapt the data, which kind of works. It will explain the data, but it has no real value as a theory because it doesn't is not able to predict anything. So that's my uh, simplified understanding of anything that regards this, this string theory matter. Uh, to come back to pseudoscientism, um, yeah, so what did we have the, oh yeah, skepticism, for example. Uh, we, have, we talked about skepticism, pseudoscientism, where you, well, actually, yeah, I think I mentioned at the beginning, I'm not sure, 
uh, anti-scientific sentiments. Did I say that? I don't know. Uh, but okay, you have a difference between pseudoscience and anti-science. Um, so the, the, the anti-vaccination community here would be a good example of pseudoscientific uh, skepticism. I don't know if you want to say... No, no, no. Wrong. That's not true. Pseudoscience as a, as a principle instead of actual evidence-based science that utilizes our um, scientific method. Uh, because the pseudoscience is just, you have, you have a f somewhat scientific foundation for your claim. So you have a study that is by a renowned, renowned uh, scientist, but you really misuse it, even change some of, the, of, its, of its statements and conclusions that it kind of comes to just to adapt it to your biases, to your opinion, to what you intend to be the goal uh, what you believe to be uh, the optimal interpretation of it. And that is a huge flaw, and it's a human flaw. Subjectively interpret obje objective data, which is always a certain element in science which you try to mitigate and try to limit as much as possible by being so heavily uh, re relying on evidence. Pseudoscience has this not, or has it in a, a bit more strange, very twisted way, because the evidence is only accepted as long as it fits your own biases, which there's a palette of biases, some of which I, I named in my TOK essay. I do not want to talk too much about them. I think, what was it called? There was uh, observation bias, there was selection bias, there was some... Okay, I don't remember everything. A lot of biases. I would recommend you read into them. Again, this is not... Uh, I, I, maybe, maybe if the demand ever exists, I will research those things way, way, way more than I do right now. This is really more of a rant. Um, so, what was I? Yes, so I think there's a difference between skepticism, uh, pseudoscientism, scientism, can you say that? Pseudoscience and anti-science. So, pseudoscience is you have science, but you twist it to match your own goals. Anti-science, which we'll talk about uh, now, be the, bio, the example here, being flat earth, um, anti-science is something different. It really is an active disregard of scientific proof. You're not trying to twist it or, well, in case of the, 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 the actual practical case of flat earthers, you will have pseudoscience mixed with anti-science, but you will have what you often see in a very heavily religious community as well, a complete disregard of the scientific method. You just don't accept it as a valid way of, of knowing of acquiring new information, of acquiring truth um, about our world. And that is a terrible, terrible problem. Pseudoscience is very difficult sometimes to distinguish from actual science, because it is based on science. Anti-science is way easier to spot, because it just is blatantly stating that you don't accept scientific evidence, which, under our logic, would obviously be wrong. It's stupid. It's a a sentiment that, that says you disregard evidence, you disregard the truth, and you think about your own lies, you let your biases and religion and whatever prejudices and, 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 and cultural biases you have, you will let that influence your knowledge, your perception of reality, except instead of the truth, instead of the information and data and concrete evidence that we can gather from the world. This is the way we acquire information, reliable information. Information is perception, essentially. So, requiring information is perception. 
but actually understanding it and interpreting all of the raw data that we can measure, reliably measure, uh, and, and forming a hypothesis and then coming to a theory about how the world works, that is how we acquire actual profound knowledge. And that is the scientific method. You cannot disregard science like that. You, well, you can. People are doing it. You shouldn't. And fundamentally, it's a flaw to even have something like that, a piece of your, your, your thinking process, to say that there has been, like, science base is based on causality, right, to, to, or consequence in a certain way. This, we can observe this, right? So we can say that when these two things occur, then probably a third thing will occur afterwards. It's a causality. Those two things cause the next thing. And that's essentially how we acquire knowledge. And this is a very uh, long discussion I had with a friend of mine. I might make an entire video or podcast, whatever, about this uh, in particular, but the way, whether we can ever know whether we perceive, what we perceive of our world is the truth. And I say, well, there are people out there who, who just think that everything they can sense with their own sensory organs, right? You can see, hear, smell, whatever. That is the only truth you can reliably acquire. Because the only thing you always know is that you exist. That's the, the fundamental thing. Because it would be a logical... It would be totally illogical to say you know that you don't exist. Because any thought process you have automatically qualifies you as existing. It doesn't say anything about which way you exist, in, in which form, whether we all live in a simulation or whatever. But it certainly say... I think it was uh, René Descartes who said... I cannot say his name, by the way. He sounds too French to me too to pronounce him, but um, yeah, he said, the, I know, and therefore I am, that's like what this is saying, I know, therefore I am, I oh, know, I think, there, therefore I am, shit, yeah, I think, therefore I am, as soon as you have any own thought process, you always know that you exist, so what I said is, yeah, you could say you're, the only thing I can reliably know about my world is my own perception, which is, in my mind, a stupid way to approach the world, it's possible, and I respect people who hold that to be the truth, as is my friend. But I will certainly not say that, I will certainly at least acknowledge that science is pretty good at making reliable or more or less accurate predictions about our world. And that's a fundamental principle that people like, I, I will call them perceptionists, uh, they oversee that. You can make predictions if you base your assumptions on the fact that it doesn't change, that you have a fundamental set of rules, which we call I think, rules of physics, physics um, of nature, laws of nature, I think was a, was a correct translation into English, um, that you cannot change, that are fundamentally true. And you can, for example, say two bodies attract each other because of gravity. You can observe that, right? Whether you can explain it and understand, that's a problem science still struggles with today. But you can certainly at least predict, if I drop a uh, the ball on the floor here, it will fall down. Now, can I reliably know that when I not look at it and not experience the ball at all, that it just floats into the roof or doesn't do anything when I let it go? No. But you can say it is likely, it's very unlikely, that this fundamental law, that things fall to the ground, will suddenly change as long as I don't observe it. You obviously can never observe it, uh, observe yourself not observing it, but you can make the assumption that even if we cannot directly perceive a certain process, we can, based on all of the other processes that we can perceive, make a reliable prediction about how this will behave. And that's why we are able to predict 
cosmolo like objects on cosmological scales. We can say, well, the sun goes in a certain way in our Milky Way, the Milky Way moves in a certain way in uh, the, the cluster that we are in, the, the Earth goes around the sun, it doesn't change as soon as you die, because uh, many people have died and it still occurs like that. Um, <laughs> this is really a short circuit of the very long discussion I had with my friends, so sorry if it sounds a bit mashed together. Um, I, I, you know, I realize that I have kind of... Uh, Maybe I should have split those two uh, segments. I will maybe make a specific video about that if there's ever demand for that. Um, yeah, so, yeah, you have to base your thinking on the fact that you can make predictions based on causality. You can say there's a rule. Of course, there's always exceptions, and that's the interesting thing, because you can modify your rule to include those, which is, again, scientific theory, uh, uh, method. But, yeah, you have to base your thinking on the fact I can make a prediction about the world, and I can prove and disprove it, and this prediction will be true on other places as well, that I cannot directly perceive. So, why would you go anti-scientific? Because that is the fundamental message of science, making reliable predictions about our world, about the universe and the existence we live in. Even if we cannot directly perceive them, we can say, well, Liquid water might will exist on other planets if all of these conditions are correct. If it lives in, if it, the planet exists in a habitable zone around the star where water can be liquid, we have never been in an exoplanet. But we know, in, based on the observations of our world and our solar system, that that is the correct distance. When you factor in things like the intensity of the star, the distance, and the atmosphere of the planet, where water can be liquid. And we base our presumption on that, that we can observe, well, water is liquid here. There's no reason why it shouldn't be as soon as we cannot perceive it anymore. So therefore, if we say this is the habitable zone, which we happen to be in, another exoplanet, which we can calculate to be in the, the habitable zone that will have liquid water. We cannot know it for certain. That's a huge thing. You know nothing for certain, not even in science. But you can be very sure that it might be true. And that's the most accurate it will ever get. So, where was I? Yes. And skepticism, however, is an important part of science as well. The peer review process is fundamental to science. And, um, well, I, okay, I will mention my own. <laughs> TOK, I say, in case you haven't been awfully made aware that I have made that present. Uh, that TOK... Uh, essay and I haven't rubbed it enough in your face yet, so I'm sorry if I annoy you with that. It just it, it fits the topic really strangely well, um, where I said yeah the effects of social environment on knowledge and that includes peer review in scientific method. So the effect that other scientists, humans, subjectively biased human beings, that uh, how that influences objective truth, science. Uh, science-based evidence and I said yeah this the scientific method okay in a short way the scientific method and the peer review process that is involved in the science differs from this this very biased I you can say pseudoscientism because I took as well the uh, example of anti-vaccination uh, this differs from the way that you have a much higher presence of evidence and and in this thinking of I have to conclusively disprove you or 
prove the fact that exists in a better way. As opposed to the anti-vaccination community, which is an echo chamber, which is essentially, I agree with you, and it turns a blind ear to all of those people who don't agree with them. If they say, no, I don't agree with you, here's evidence why it's not true. They'll say, no, it's not true, you're lying. And that's the pseudoscientism. My version of science is, is truer than your version of science. And that is a huge problem. And that is a very subliminal problem. It's a thing that you might not be aware of most of the time. So it doesn't, it of course isn't lam limited to anti-vaccination. It's also present in many different areas of, of, of the world. News outlets who um, biasly interpret how, how they present events that happen. Now, you can have an entire topic about, well, is that true then? Is, is one opinion how our biases? What is knowledge? What is truth? There's this entire topic to, uh, for its own. It's, it's actually called theory of knowledge, and it's one hell of a of work through. You have to put a lot of work in. I find it quite interesting myself. Um, but yeah, I cannot obviously put all that in one podcast. So, um, skepticism or the the doubt of the truth of a certain theory is elemental in science as well as in pseudoscience. Um, just that the fact that in science, skepticism is a positive tool, where you use it to improve true uh, perception of reality and how to come closer to this ideal truth that you will never be f able to fully reach, you will never be able to, to completely 100% predict everything, uh, and make the most accurate mathematical prediction of our universe, but you will approach it, you will get closer, and that's the goal of science. Whereas in pseudoscience, uh, taking the example of anti-vaccination, you will have a community that uses skepticism to disprove of objective truth and, and, and rather accept a biased worldview, a biased interpretation of, 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 of a statement made by mathematics, by observation, whatever, and you interpret it in a biased way. So that's the difference. Let's go to flat earth. And that is a different thing because that is not, as I mentioned, pseudoscience, it's anti-science. You disregard science completely. Or partially. You you will have, taking the example of flat earth, the certain overlap of pseudoscience. Well, we know that, can, I don't know, I can look this amount of kilometers in that direction, but the earth's curvature should have dropped by that point to explain that. That is pseudoscience. You can make the observation, but you interpret it in a very biased way, because the earth is obviously round. There's no even a need to discuss it. Wrong. That's wrong. You always should discuss it. You should always have skepticism. We just talked about that. You should have skepticism in science. But yeah, I mean, as, as soon as you have an overwhelming amount of evidence pointing towards the, the validity of a, of a theory, you should really come up with a very, very good point to counter it. Again, do you have overwhelmingly conclusive scientific evidence that says, no, it's not true. The Earth is not indeed a sphere but it's a, a, a flat disk or a cookie or whatever. And you don't have that. I'm sorry. The Earth is round, and I believe that as long as you... Uh, as soon as, and as soon as you can prove it otherwise, I'm very able and open to accept it. But you can't. At least I haven't seen anything like that. I will not. <clears throat> I will not come out and say it's completely impossible to disprove uh, our view of the world. It has been happening multiple times over the, the millennia and uh, well for example we were quite certain that the earth is apart from some mountains pretty much a perfect sphere 
until we realize that's not exactly true. The Earth is rotating around the equator, and it kind of squishes the Earth um, in a certain... I don't know how you call it, ellipsoid? I don't think it's ellipsoid, but it's, it's, it's a bit fatter around the waist than around the poles, if you want to say it like that. So, yeah, you have a certainly a bit high amount of gravity pulling you down on the equator than on the, on the equator than on the poles. Very slightly, but with our modern technology, you're able to, to do that. And so that was a revolution. That was a change of how we saw the model of an Earth, of our Earth, as being a perfect sphere to a very squished sphere. Well, very squished, a slightly squished sphere. And yeah, science is an is a, is a area of constant, of constant revolution, of constant change, of constant disproving and bettering a theory, which you will not have in anti-science, anti which Flat Earth is a good example for. Flat Earthers generally dis, uh, disagree completely with our statement and our proof and our very carefully and, and meticulously built up process of explaining why the Earth is round. Because we have done that. 3,000 years ago, there was a guy who, uh, Epi something, who very accurately, well, right, who came close to calculating the, the circumference of the Earth based on shadows, which I find amazing. I couldn't do that with my knowledge of mathematics at this point. But he came close, and that's impressive to me, 3,000 years ago. Um, so, yeah, people knew that the Earth was round for a long time, and they could prove it. That's the, f the thing. Church and the Bible, obviously. Okay, so that's the, the different point. And the flat Earthers, what you will often hear from them, is a... Again, a biased argument. You argue that the Earth is flat. You have the scepticism of uh, modern scientific understanding, of understanding, but it is a very biased reason to, to, to have scepticism. It's not because you genuinely disapprove of a theory. It's because you just want it to be wrong. And that's what you see in anti-science as well. You want the, your, the world to be different. And in your perception, you make it different. You search for, for the, the evidence that proves you are right. And the, the, the thing that is commonly seen as true, in your mind at least, is therefore wrong, of course. So what you will have is people like, I forgot his name, who made very elaborate mathematical explanations of why, of why the, the world should be uh, flat. And you will see Okay, so let me say that. This is actually the, the counterpoint to me. I want to say how, how much they disregard science, but I will actually prove how they use science, which we'll come back to, which is pseudoscience again. They have an enormous amount of work put into the, uh, the, 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 the disapproving, essentially, of science. And I find it impressive. I seriously respected the video. I, I, was a, I don't want to say anything. It was, a, it was a YouTube video I saw, and it was a very elaborate attempt of someone to disprove the, the spheric models of the globe earthers, as he called them. And I have to say I was impressed. I was very impressed because this person, that, this wasn't a religious nutsack trying to, to argue with the Bible and saying, oh, it's been this book that is uh, 2,000 years old and absolutely unreliable. So, uh, of course, it's the truth. No. Okay, maybe this is a good topic for a different podcast. Uh, people who believe that the Bible, one source book, which has uh, been redacted, and biasly interpreted for a long period of time, 2,000 years, um, if, whether that is in any way a good source, not even, even as a historical uh, document, but that's a different topic. So this was this person who really tried 
to make accurate statements about our reality. That was a, a scientist for me. It was a it was an intriguing experience to see someone try to explain his perspective and his interpretation of the world and his general doubt of our system. Uh, of of thinking about the world by using science as a tool. That's I respected that. I, that was the first time I seriously respected the flat Earth community. Well, not the flat Earth. This one individual as a member of it. But I seriously, he he stood there and made calculations and he explained an alternative model. He tried to bring up a better theory, and he tried to present as evidence that our modern theory is wrong. He used the scientific method in the perfect sense. And he explained that the earth is flat and that we all misunderstand. And sadly, I say that's not true. However, that is my opinion. And I will, if I would very much talk about the, uh, the, the, the issue of flat uh, versus spherical earth, which is not really an issue. Um, but yes, that's, that's where I had to realize that he had evidence on his own and I couldn't just say you're stupid obviously the earth is, is flat no uh is round but no need to discuss that but i actually had to reconsider myself and say i have evidence that it is round because it is what i've been told my entire life and what i can reasonably think about because every other planet that i have ever observed with my naked eye as well i have a telescope um that is round right the moon is round we know that even though we see only one side, ooh, conspiracy theory confirmed. But, yeah, so, but there's also the different side of a person who really said that it, he finds it very skeptical. He's very skeptical of, of, of our globe model and he has good evidence to suggest that it at least is flawed in some of its predictions. And I personally have to say I haven't de dealt with it that much. I was in a stage where I say, that's just too dumb to me. I, I'm just going to yeet out of here. And not care about it so i but uh, yeah i had to think about it and i was sitting on the fucking toilet one day and i was like huh i might be biased myself i might not see the arguments of this individual as valid just because i know that he's wrong without knowing that he's wrong i could i had i would have I, I have lost track of the video, by the way. Uh, but I would have needed to disprove this individual. Uh, this individual's thinking. Not, not this individual. Because biases and opinions and arguments, those are subjective. But we can make statements about, um, about facts, about evidence. So I should have gone back and completely watched the video and noted everything down and have gone through the meticulous process of disproving everything or presenting us with a better theory because this person really had a good model of the... He was... Yeah, the Earth... Uh, go, the, the Sun goes in a certain way around that and gravity works because, yeah, you know, we constantly accelerate and stuff. I was like, that's absurd, that's stupid, that's surreal, that's surreal, but it would describe our world. Would it describe it better? No. Would it describe why cosmic bodies move in the way they do absolutely not because that's not the scale those people think on but oh that's again a bias of mine i generalize this people the the people the flat earthers that's a that's a bias it's a human bias and i shouldn't do that you should have gone back and thought about why this person said what it does and how he tried to explain it how he tried to prove it and how i should try to disprove it or accept this and find evidence that is wrong or whatever. Find a better theory, which is our current theory. So, yeah. What I want you to take away from this podcast at this point 
is to realize that not everything that you talk about and you think is true might be the truth. Even absurd positions of people who have zero idea of what they're talking about, of, of the reality, might have a grain of truth in them. And it's always a good thing, in my mind at least, to see people question science, to have skepticism of modern theories, because that's how science progresses. But I don't want you to become a pseudoscientist, a pseudoscientifically oriented mind, to have a pseudoscientifically oriented mindset in which you will twist data to match the theory instead of matching your theory to the, the data to explain it to form a good process a good 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 thinking process that results in you giving valuable knowledge and, 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 and gathering information about our world and making predictions about how it works and how it will work in the future and has worked in the past i don't want you to twist your understanding of reality to match what you think it should be but I want you to match how you perceive reality according to people, to, to, to actual evidence and to maybe even the evidence of people that you personally believe in are wrong, that you believe yourself to be superior to. Um, yeah, well, we were talking about the anti-science uh, anti president flat earth, though. This was a terrible example because it was literally the opposite. Uh, so... It's a short segment, in fact. So, yeah, anti-science obviously hinders an evidence-based discussion. You will not be able to argue with someone uh, if you have a conclusive fact uh, uh, that you can derive a theory from that says you're wrong, you have a better theory, because those people will not accept the process. And that in itself is an abstract thought to me. It's how someone will be completely able to just say no to logic, no to rational thinking, and just accept bias as their main way of of, of perceiving reality. That is a harmful thing. And I'm very glad that anti-science is a very minor group, even, even in the anti-vaccination or flat earth community, because many of them will have this pseudoscientific sentiment. No, it's wrong because I have a better theory or different theory or doubt about the current theory. And not because I just, I don't think science works. There are people out there and I believe at least my perception of those people has been going up. I don't know if the numbers of them have gone up. I don't know how you want to ascertain something like that. But I believe my, my realization that such people exist, and that's a problem, has gone up in, in, lately. And I don't want this to be the case. I do not want pseudoscience to take over skepticism. I don't want anti-science to take over rational thinking. Because that is a huge problem. It hinders the scientific methods. It hinders the advancement of us, of our thinking, of our perception of reality, of our knowledge. Just because of biases of human. And that is one of the most human things we could ever do. Twist reality to match what we think it should be. Thank you very much for listening. That was uh, the most longest podcast I ever uploaded. Uh, the series is now called uh, Modern Dystopia, I think. Um... Why does it match this series? Why do I call it modern dystopia? Well, because death is a thing that you will not probably have thought of uh, as as a person. Okay, so okay, I have to explain for this as a small small bit about retrofuturism. Um, retrofuturism is a is a concept, a principle in which uh, you go back to the past, you nineteen sixties art of the how they imagine the future would be. So it's it's uh, it's science it's essentially science fiction, but from the past. It's how they imagined the future would be. And it's amazingly interesting to me. 
how many people will have obviously <laughs> the image of flying cars is very prevalent but also the image of an all-knowing society information society which we have reached we have internet we have wikipedia we have collectivization of knowledge oh collectivization let's say sharing of knowledge yeah. intercommunication not that's a, it's a bit of a color uh, of a communist term um yeah but you have a very widespread oh this is a good topic for a different one because the podcast is getting kind of long um yeah, we'll make an entire podcast. I'm just going to shut up right now and make an entire podcast about that uh, later. But yeah, so so the retrofuturism is, a, is an aspect I find quite interesting. And a modern dystopia is applicable to this situation because I believe from a retrofuturistic perspective that people in the past will have thought that we get smarter and more open and akin to science as 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 much as we progress as a society because that is the trend we can historically see we can see at the beginning from people burning witches especially in germany where i live um because they couldn't explain what they were doing because they had religious fears of them um and prejudices in uh, prejudices uh, in fact moving up to a society in which you will at least have a certain amount of education of the commoner of a pump of, of people that we call that we used to call the lower class and middle class, in fact, as well, that now have a, a foundation of an, edu- an education, a school system that is absurd to people uh, from a couple of centuries ago. So I would certainly see that people like that would have imagined our world to be much more open towards science and much more intelligent, if you want to call it, which is why this is a modern dystopia. It's not how people imagined it to be, how they imagined a utopia in which we are smart, benevolent, always do and think and act rationally. It's not true. We have rises of, of the anti-vaccination movement, uh, and a literal movement that has achieved to mitigate and negate one of our... No, to negate, in fact, some of our greatest achievements in, in, in rotting out diseases to have... I think there was like a case of the pest somewhere breaking out, uh, breaking out, but in, infecting someone, which... I suppose has been rotted out pretty long ago. And I, I think you can uh, treat that with antibiotics at this point. But, uh, for example, you have an increase in measles infection. A global increase in measles infection. because And that is directly traceable back to, to, to people who just refused to vaccinate their children. That is a very dystopian thing to say. To, to have anti-scientism, pseudoscientism, and disregard... Of, of, of essentially what is now a, a common knowledge because of biases and that has harmful effects and that is a problem we should address that is why this is a modern dystopia and not a boring dystopia as it was once called thank you very much for listening